Real Fun DC. Hospitality and a little bit of sass are always on the menu. Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Industry Night with me, Nikki Nellis, on the Real Fun DC Network. Um, I want to thank all of you who reached out via social or email um, about last week's show. Uh, it was a really important talk about changing the conversation from food insecure to food sovereignty. And I am um, incredibly grateful to have had true leaders in that space sharing what needs to be done to affect and affect real change. Uh, so if you have a chance, check out that uh, that last episode. It was really powerful. Um, and for those of you who are new to Industry Night, thanks so much for joining me. A little bit of my bio. I've been covering the DC food and wine scene for the last 18 years. I'm only 21, so it is amazing what I've been able to do in that time frame. Um, but you can find me on a variety of media, out, media outlets, including a lot of radio. So my husband, David, and I do Foodie and the Beast. It is every Sunday uh, for the last 13 years. It is still DC's only food, wine, and variety show. You may hear me regularly on WTOP radio yet again, uh, where I do regular roundups and trend reports for them. Of course, you follow me on social at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for the latest and greatest. And a lot of it comes from where it all began, the list are you on it.com, the online e-zine that talks about every food, wine, and promotion event happening in the DC hospitality scene. Now here on Industry Night, I get to do a much deeper dive, which I love. Um, it was originally out of the Line Hotel, and unfortunately, because of the pandemic, it is now out of my bedroom. This is how, this is what happens, and this is how we move and groove. So uh, to the show. Box it up, right? That was the very first pandemic pivot. Restaurants had to up their takeaway abilities overnight. As the takeout options evolved, the industry listened to feedback and figured out what worked for them and did what the industry always does, they adapted. So for us consumers, it was no more just pouring it out of a container and eat or eating out of a container sometimes. Uh, now there's like heating instructions and maybe you have to cook something a bit or plating ideas. Sometimes there's a video. Um, all of this has become part of the at-home experience. And while restaurants are open, yay, and people are eating out, double yay, um, this is an incredible revenue stream for restaurants. And it's truly a win-win for both diners and restaurants alike. So enter Table 22 and their monthly meal subscriptions. Sam Bernstein joins me along with early adapters in the hospitality industry. Grace Shea of Lebanese Taverna, Chef Rob Sonderman of Federalist Pig, and Antonio Matarazzo of Stellina. Um, talk about the gift that keeps on giving and all year long. But first... The mystical Deb Schaefer of Enchanted Botanicals, who is going to help us clear and reset our energy for a brilliant 2022. Hi, Deb. It's so nice to have you back with us. Hey, Nikki. I'm so happy to be back. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks. Great. Thanks. So, Deb, let's just do a little 411 on Enchanted Botanicals. You've been on the show before, but just to refresh people's memory. Yeah. So, I have a company that 
Well, to back it up a teeny bit, I was an interior designer for 20 some years and found myself getting more and more drawn into the spiritual or magical properties of a person's home. And so I kind of have shifted from creating beautiful homes to helping people create beautiful lives. And I'm doing that through um, a lot of different, in a lot of different ways. Um, I've got some beautiful gardens. So I work with the flowers and the herbs that I grow, thus botanicals. And I create incense and I create candles, um, all kinds of things that people can use as spiritual tools to really amp up um, their internal lives. And I think through lockdown, we all kind of had a chance to take a little bit more of a deeper internal dive. And I, I like to think that I've got tools for people um, to be able to use to go deeper so that they don't feel like they're having to reinvent the wheel. Like, how do I do this? Well, I've got, the, I've got what they need. Well, so what does that mean exactly? Because, yeah. you know, if you go into any houseware store, there are mm -hmm. candles of the yin yang, right? right? And there are incense and stuff like that, but your right. products are intentional. They and are. I think that's a big difference. So can you explain like what you do to help people set their intention? Sure, sure. So um, they're very different. And that word intention is probably the basis of everything. Um, I, I come up with an intention first, something that that may be what we all want to work on. We all kind of need clarity on things every now and then. We need to let go of things. We need to release things that are no longer serving us. We want to manifest certain things. We want maybe more peace in our life, or maybe we work with moon cycles, moon energy. So what I have done is figured out which herbs, which flowers resonate in an energetic or spiritual and sometimes magical way with particular intentions. And then I bring those together so that say when you light a candle, the element of fire is, is a very activating element. It, it helps you move forward. It helps to literally light a fire, you know, under your, you know what, and get you going. Mm -hmm. So that's how I formulate my products. I start with that intention. Then I gather the herbs and flowers, like I mentioned. I also use the power of crystals, the energetic power of crystals. Mm -hmm. um, essential oils, all of those things combine in a way that makes a tool that's not only beautiful, but effective mm -hmm. as well. Well, so let's talk about some of these products mm -hmm. because, um, you know, I think people are a little, can be a little intimidated by right. crystals or clearing salts or magic dust. Like what are mm -hmm. all these things and how do I gift them? Right. Cause I feel like crystals are super personal. So how do you go about gifting, let's say crystals? And I do want to do a deep dive on these clearing salts. Cause I feel like everybody <laughs> should have one by their front door uh -huh. at the beginning of the new yep. year. So right. a little on crystals, a little on the salts. Okay. So crystals in a really super basic nutshell. If you consider a, a piano 
And if you were to press, say, like the C key on a piano, all of the other C keys, whether it's a higher or lower vibration, are all going to resonate with that one key that you pressed. If you press the D key, all of the other Ds are going to vibrate. So when we're working with crystals, the first thing that we want to, to acknowledge is that everything, everything in our universe, everything on our planet has an energetic signature. And so say an emerald will have a different energetic signature than clear quartz. And to dive it a little bit deeper, you've, you can break those down into calcites. Calcites are generally known as cleansers. Okay. Quartzes, which includes amethyst, rose quartz, are going to be amplifiers. Those are going to be um, energetic powerhouses. So the nice thing to know about my products is that I have figured all of that out for you. Mm -hmm. so you don't need to be an expert in anything. If nothing else, I've created something that's beautiful. So that's one way that you can gift it. Mm -hmm. um, they're kind of unique looking, you know, these beautiful candles with real pretty little crystals on top. Gift it that way. If, okay. if you happen to know what your friend or person is into, you say that, that you know that they like working with the angelic realm or they want to bring more love into their life. Mm -hmm. You could choose a product based on its intention. Okay. I love that. I think that's so nice. And it's so thoughtful when you're giving a gift to have, to think of what their needs are when you're giving mm -hmm. it's just like checking a box. Tell me about the clearing salts. Sure. So I, um, <laughs> I want to understand it. Okay. It's super easy to understand. Again, mm -hmm. everything has a certain energetic signature. For centuries, we know that salt has had clearing powers. Um, back in the day, people would sprinkle salt across their threshold to keep negative energy out, um, okay. out of their home. They would sprinkle it on windowsills because this was where it was, it was assumed that energy would be entering your home. Um, if people felt like there was already some negative stuff in there, they would sprinkle it on their floor, sweep it out with a broom. Mm -hmm. So not too many of us are sweeping with brooms these days. <laughs> no. So what I've done is created, and, and let me be clear, every culture has a version of, of a clearing salt. Mm -hmm. They're not always black salts, but many times they are. Mm -hmm. And so what I have done is created my own black salt, which is the clearing aspect of what I've put together. So my black salt, I, my husband burns for me leftover garden bits, things that didn't make it into the pretty part of my products. So that becomes ash. I combine the ash with pink Himalayan salt. Okay. And that becomes the first layer. That's what's going to be doing the heavy duty lifting. Um, when I'm going to call it negative energy, it's, you know, sometimes it's just inappropriate. It's maybe if you live in an old house, you do have some sort of little leftover energy. 
Mm -hmm. um, I have plenty of clients who have used my black salt for that kind of thing. Okay. So I just, because we don't have a ton of time. So right. if it comes in a bottle, you don't uncork it. it. You just don't it uncork it. Okay. Because it's going to stain. The black salt will stain. Okay. And then I've layered on top of that black salt, more pink, pink salt, which is going to hold the rest of your space clear. Because okay. whenever we're clearing something, we need to fill it back in something good with the good stuff. Yeah. Sure. And then That's the rose is on top again, holding your space clear and sacred. So you just leave it in an area, leave it. And I, I mean, if, it. if you don't want somebody to know that you're up to a little magic business, tuck it away. Okay. Um, I like it that. what it needs to do. All right. It is very pretty. I don't want to tuck it away. It's very pretty, but I just want to make sure I'm not I'm doing it right. You are. Last yeah. thing before we wrap up. Yeah. So you, um, your guide is gorgeous. It's well laid out, um, your gift guide for the year. And you talk about rituals. Is there one ritual that you would advise people to do, you know, as we get into this new year, as we say goodbye to 2021 and open up for 2022? Absolutely. What are annual rituals that you- Yeah, advise? super easy. Here's what we do in my house. We all- write down on one piece of paper, things we want to let go of. See ya 2021, all of that nonsense. You're going to write it on a piece of paper. On another piece of paper, what is it that we're really looking forward to calling into our lives in mm -hmm. 2022? Mm -hmm. So then you make a little fire, whether it's, you know, on your gas stove, or if you've got a fire pit, mm -hmm. burn the first one, let 2021 be gone. And then take the next piece of paper and send that out as well. So you're going to put that into the fire. And then as the smoke rises, what it's doing is taking those things we want to clear and let go of, things we want to release, sending it out there. The universe will take it, absorb it, get rid of it. And then it's going to hear what our requests are <laughs> for, for 2022. I love so that. Super easy, really fun, very interactive. My husband, who's an attorney, I mean, very left brain, loves this. Well, I just think it's a it's a nice annual thing to do, and anybody mm -hmm. and everybody can do it, right? It's just oh, yeah, a, it's absolutely. Just nice. And nice if you've got a big group, you know, you're all throwing your little wadded up pieces of 2021 into the fire. I love it. All right, Deb, yeah. thank you so much for joining. Thanks, you are always filled with such interesting things. Um, tell everybody where they can find you on Instagram and online, please. Yes, www, of course, enchanted-botanicals with an S at the end.com. And mm -hmm. Instagram is Enchanted Botanicals. Excellent. Thanks so much. Thanks, this Nikki. Is, this is Nikki Nellis on Industry Night on Real Fun DC at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll be back in just a sec. It's Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Thanks for listening to Real Fun DC. Now back to Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. And we're back on Industry Night with me, Nikki Nellis on Real Fun DC. Thanks so much for joining us. As I mentioned at the top of the show, you know, we talked about um, to-go and takeaway and kits, meal kits, all these different things that had happened because of the pandemic for some. Some already had it in place. And uh, Table 22 is this monthly meal subscription that is, is really sort of changed the way people in the hospitality industry are doing things. So Sam Bernstein is here with us. Hey, Sam, how are you? Hey, I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. 
Absolutely. So let's sort of back up a little bit because I do know that this was not your original plan with your company. Yeah, I, I want to I want to apologize for a little bit of uh, background noise here uh, okay. from the streets of New York. Um, yeah, this is the we we sort of arrived here in a uh, surprising way. Um, this is the second uh, software company that I've started, and the first one was a platform for people to discover and book housing in local housing markets around the country really primarily servicing kind of young people and oftentimes universities. So uh, in the same way that restaurants were so deeply affected uh, in March of 2020, when universities went uh, online, uh, our business took a total nosedive. And so uh, instead of throwing in the towel or selling the company, uh, we were really fortunate to have uh, both a resilient team and kind of a supportive board and investor group who encouraged us to you know, pivot the company uh, to something entirely new. Um, I took our team up to a retreat in upstate New York, and we spent, you know, two and a half months hunkered down, um, kind of re starting from scratch, really. And so we were really excited about all of the kind of innovation coming out of restaurants and hospitality businesses during this really challenging period and seeing all the new kinds of products that they were creating and really kind of bringing the brand to life in a experiential way beyond the four physical walls of their spaces um, and and really just finding entirely new ways to connect with guests. And so we had that sort of insight. And then we also, you know, really tried to ground in what some of the longer standing challenges with the hospitality business model were related to margins, predictability, what's often been kind of a complex and challenging relationship with third party delivery services and really got excited about helping restaurants formalize that capability to create meal kits and you know, wine packs and all these kind of new kinds of things um, and, and really formalize that in a way that would create pre predictable kind of stable revenue. And so subscriptions are where we landed and we launched our first restaurant in May of 2020. And it's been uh, kind of an amazing journey uh, ever since over the last almost two years. Today, we work with hundreds of restaurants around the U.S. in more than 50 markets. D.C. is one of our favorite and most successful cities where we're working with more than 20 really amazing partners, um, three of whom are, are obviously here today. Well, I mean, I don't want to tell TC's, uh, DC's, you know, horn here when it comes to the industry, but the people here understand how to move and shake and make, make it happen. Do you know what I mean? So I don't think it's a hard sell to people in this, in, in this particular marketplace. I think most, and I, we can ask everybody afterwards, but I do think that most of the people who who play in the sandbox and then in the industry here, the hospitality industry, are always looking for new and exciting ways to engage with the dining public. Yeah, we we found um, a group of chefs and owners and you know beverage directors and in Rob's case, kind of pit pit masters who in DC were really already kind of on the front lines of thinking about new ways to bring their brand to life and connect with customers. And so, you know, for example, when um, we met Antonio, like. Stelina already had developed some of these really beautiful kind of off-premise pizza and pasta kits, and they had already been thinking about how to do kind of the wine pairings for these off-premise experiences. And so it was really easy to kind of take that DNA and help, you know, create a program that would keep it fresh and interesting for people while also playing to the strengths of the restaurant, you know, month in and month out. Okay. So, I mean, we're going to... We're going to talk to everybody who's here with us, but just very quickly, can you explain how the partnership works? with these different providers like how do you guys yeah. so because one of the things that i i'm going to question to everybody is like now that your kitchens are open and people are eating your restaurants like there is a space component right you have to be able to you have to be able to handle all that 
Yeah. Uh, so, so there's the kind of conceptual component of the partnership, which is really about designing and offering and figuring out how to kind of go to market with something that's exciting on brand, sustainable operationally. And then there's the second component, which is kind of the nuts and bolts of month to month. How do you fulfill and how does it work? So for the conceptual piece, it's really about two things. The first is when we meet with a chef, we meet with an owner, we try to understand what are you excited about? What's the core of your brand? What's a product that you'd be really proud to kind of bring into the world? And then we try to map that to all the things that we've learned about what's successful, what's not, how to design an offering, how to price it, and try to kind of combine their vision with our expertise on subscriptions is very narrowly defined. Um, and, and then use that to kind of meet in the middle and figure out an offering that's going to be compelling and exciting and, and operationally doable. Then once we've kind of brought it into the world and it's time to actually develop and create the, the month to month packages, you know, one of the benefits of, of the subscriptions is it's an operational model that's really designed to support the kind of lead times and cushion and, and needs of the restaurant. And so let's say, you know, anyone who orders uh, Table 22 subscription as a consumer in December is paying for the product that they're going to get in January. And so the restaurants in early January get all of their orders kind of fully fixed with the revenue up front. And then they have a couple of weeks to actually turn the packages around. And so in a world of spatial constraints and staffing constraints and, you know, all of the challenges, all of the challenges that restaurants are facing both right now, as well as having reopened, you know, this is something that hopefully is giving them a lot of lead time, a lot of visibility, a lot of predictability, um, and, and giving them the opportunity to kind of allocate resources effectively and, and, and turn these around with a lot of lead time. So those are the kind of two core components. Well, and that makes a lot of sense because that was really going to be my next question. I mean, with shortages, both staffing and, you know, getting things out, it's so difficult. You know, on that note, I'm going to bring in Rob, Rob Sonderman, who I haven't seen in forever. Hi, Rob. Hey. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Okay, so Rob, you are a pit master. You're with Federalist Pig, but you're also a culinary concept developer. And you're working with Kramer's Cafe and Ensemble Kitchen and Honeymoon Chicken. So you've got a lot going yeah. on here. A um, little bit, give yeah. Us a little, give us a little update on your life. Like uh, so actually right now I'm over at a uh, honeymoon chicken. We're starting to do kind of manager meetings, get everything kind of set up for training and everything hoping to uh, open up early January. So okay. that's pretty exciting. We've been uh, waiting for quite a while to get this project done. Um, I feel like my team has been harassing you. Like, dude, when are you opening? When are you opening? Trust you me, you're not the, the only, you're you're not the only one. Thankfully, <laughs> someone's been pushing us along. Um, okay, so you have all these concepts happening, um, but you know, you and I know each other from originally the Federalist Pig, and yep. um, you know, we've had you on the show before and all that kind of stuff. So, pandemic happens, you're making pivots. You're already doing takeaway, right? You're doing catering and stuff like that. So yeah, fortunately for us, um, takeaway was already a pretty big proponent of our business. So right. that pivot to doing 100% takeout was relatively easy and seamless. But then we started, you know, we've always done a Thanksgiving package. Then we were like, hey, why don't we do a Christmas package? Why don't we do a New Year's Eve package? Why don't we do a Mother's Day brunch? Why don't we do Easter? So we started seeing that people were really into all of these kind of preset, but you kind of finish everything up at home. So everything's fresh when you want it to be or ready to go when you want it to be. 
And then we got, you know, reached out, one of the team members at Table 22 reached out to us. Um, and, you know, Federalist Pig, we've been open for just about five years now. We're working on expanding, but it hasn't quite happened yet. So the Table 22 opportunity was a great thing for us to like, A, get a new revenue stream in, have some of our regular customers like get another opportunity to spend money with us and support us. Mm -hmm. And then also for me and the rest of my team to kind of flex our creative muscles just a little bit. Um, obviously within the realm of something that you could find at FedPig, but wouldn't be on the menu on a daily basis. And so far it's, we've gotten pretty great feedback. It's been a lot of fun. Well, so what does that look like? What do your subscriptions look like? What can people expect to find in them? And how will you evolve them so that they stay interesting? So evolving to stay interesting is definitely going to be the challenge moving forward. So I think we're on month four now. Um, so our January box, and we're doing photo shoot for it tomorrow, actually. So we're sort of doing a French bistro inspired menu. So I have... Um, smoked duck confit. Oh, yeah. We have a chicken liver pate with uh, roasted garlic bread. Um, I'm doing a in the smoker, an apple cranberry cake for a dessert. Um, I have smoked duck fat confit fingerling potatoes. Um, in previous month, like the God, uh, opening I'm month. I'm starving right now. That's yeah, opening delicious. <laughs> Opening month, we did like a Mediterranean lamb gyro with a bunch of different spreads kind of set up. The second month, we did kind of a Southeast Asian uh, crispy roast duck lettuce wrap type setup. So we're kind of trying to do a little bit of globe trotting while still kind of staying true to like the flavor profile of Fed Pig and, you know, something that you would recognize as being from Fed Pig, but haven't seen before yet at the restaurant. So it's been well, pretty let me fun. ask you a question. So is some of this a little R&D-ish? Like, yeah, we'll try oh, it in the box. If it's successful for the box, we'll put it on the menu kind of stuff? Uh, yeah, I mean, we've always wanted to kind of add some more larger format dishes to the menu. Obviously, our space is a little tight and, um, you know, we can't do everything that we want to do. But yeah, I'm definitely going through some of the, uh, you know, some of the sides and some of the bigger proteins, you know, like a smoked and crispy half duck would be something that we might like bring back onto a on a, on as a normal menu special because it mm -hmm. just went over so well um so yeah definitely an r&d thing and you know we're we want to make sure that everyone's getting a great value because one of the things that we're um boxed in with a little bit on the table 22 thing is you can eat really well at fed big for like 50 or 60 bucks with two for two people and right. here we're offering a meal for two for 95 dollars so it's sort of forcing me and us to like step our game up a little bit, deliver a little bit more of a elegant experience, you know, make sure that the reheating instructions are well and the, uh, the packaging is on point. And, you know, we're doing these videos of the whole reheating instructions with like plating um, options as well. So it's given us an opportunity to, uh, to have a little bit of fun and do some R&D like you mentioned, and also hopefully deliver a great meal to all of our you know, members. Well, and I also think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, this looks like a different level of engagement. I mean, if I come into your property and sit down, I may or may not see you or engage with you or have a server who is as, uh, you know, prolific in everything that you're doing. Whereas with a video or with what you write to us, you know, in the subscription, it does offer a completely different experience than when you come in. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a little bit more curated. I mean, obviously, we would love for everybody to come into the restaurant to get that full experience, but it's hard to nail every every customer. But yeah, with this, with the Table 22, we're definitely able to take the extra care that's needed with every bag that goes out the door and make sure that everything is as perfect as we can. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that. All right, I'm going to come back to you, Rob. And I'm going to move over to Grace, because I do feel like you kind of threw the gauntlet down when you talked about your Mediterranean box. <laughs> I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes or encroach on anybody's you're, you're uh, thinking exactly avenues. As like, really? <laughs> I saw your face. I saw your face. I know you. But you know what? Smoked lamb is delicious. So I Smoked can't. Lamb is so I At the end of the day, it's yeah. delicious, right? <laughs> I can help you, Rob, if you ever need, you know, we can collaborate. Oh, so, (laughs) okay, Sam, I'm not going to charge you for this, but collab boxes should be in your future. Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Thanks for listening to Real Fun DC. (sighs) Serving up thought for food. Now back to Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Grace Shea. Uh, Lebanese Taverna, a good friend. Um, you've been on the show, all my shows a thousand times. It's so nice to see you. Um, so much like Rob, I mean, you have all these brick and mortars, you have a market, um, but you had a pretty healthy catering situation, but you weren't really doing anything like a subscription box. You weren't really packing up your marketplace or, you know, you weren't doing boxes like that. So can we talk about sort of what happened with the pandemic initially, and then how you came um, to Sam and 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 sort of curated what you're doing here? Yeah, so I mean, we you know like everyone else, we got creative during the pandemic. We were doing neighborhood deliveries. We're driving all over the East Coast, dropping off food at the beaches and Philly and you know Deep Creek, and those were great. And that was really where the catering came in because for the first year of the pandemic, there was no catering, no weddings, no events, no corporate. And we have a separate catering facility. So it is it is a whole business for us. So we, we really got creative and that was great. We did family boxes at the restaurants, which people loved because people were eating together all the time now. You know, they were <laughs> at home and kind of stuck. Uh, and it was, you know, Lebanese food can be intimidating if it's not something you eat often. So it was a packaged meal. You really didn't have to think. And I, if nothing else, the pandemic has made people want to think less. And I, I think this is where, you know, partnering with Table 22 you know, will be great for them because one day a month that, you know, every month they don't have to think. They, they're they're going to get something they know is great from a place they probably either already love or have always wanted to try. Mm-hmm. And it's giving them the opportunity to um, taste this food and not really have to worry too much because they don't know what they're getting. I mean, as far as I know that it's not as a preset menu that the customer knows ahead of time. And so it's this like also excitement of, oh, what are we gonna get? What are they creating for us? So I think there's that element of people uh, of being entertained besides delicious food, obviously. Um, Well, actually, people are really putting themselves in your hands, right? There's a trust here. Um, We had our first uh, membership go out yesterday, and I was so nervous. I was so, because, you know, I really didn't want to disappoint anyone because they're like, okay, Grace, Lebanese, Severna, give us what you got. Give us your best. I was like, oh my gosh, I really don't want, you know. So I think it went well. I was really excited about it. But, you know, they are. They're, they're trusting us. 
So what's in your boxes? Like, like when I think of all the different things we've talked about over the years, right. not just for your cuisine, but also like Lebanese wines. And then, you know, you have all these cocktails, you know, like you were the first people who presented aquafaba to me, like, you know, like, so. I wanted to create a theme for these boxes because, right. you know, our restaurants are very accessible and you can get hummus and tabbouleh and grape leaves at all of our restaurants and, you know, and many other restaurants for that matter uh -huh. um, these days, unfortunately. Um, so I wanted to, to do something that was inspired and it was more inspired by my family and our home cooking, things that were off menu. You know, yesterday that what went out was stuffed cabbage and it's a mint and garlic sauce. And yeah. it's something we make at home. We love it. It's, it takes a lot of work. And, you know, it's not necessarily something that will ever be on the restaurant menu. And, and, and we created this newsletter that has a story behind each item. And I think that's what, I mean, you can get good food in a lot of places, but it's the story, the connection, you know, why, you know, we send za'atar. Za'atar is a very trendy spice right now, but it is our spice. It is, you know, it's, it is, what we've been eating for centuries it's been on our tables at Lebanese Taverna for the last 20 years if you come in and eat in our restaurant so it was it was just kind of giving them education we don't sprinkle it on anything except bread so you know this is how it how it is traditionally and this is what people are doing with it so it's cultural education you know we have this market in Arlington where we have a lot of imported goods from Lebanon from the Middle East and I think if you live in Arlington, you know it well, and it's it's a it's kind of a I think a hot spot, even though it's been around for 30 years. And I wanted the rest of the region to be able to experience some of the items we have there. So it's it's a way for them to really experience some of the provisions, the food, the stories behind the food mm -hmm. of our family. And I think those experiences will really tie people to um, what they're trying that month. Well, I love that because I, I I agree. I think that, you know, especially if you're doing things that are off menu, you're really offering a very unique experience that you at the moment can't have in the restaurant, right? So it really offers people um, a new experience. My question for you is, is how do you do this every month? And will you incorporate wine? Will you, you know- so We have- Oh, you do. All right. So, do yeah, you think so people are going to be like, where's my hummus every time? Like, I want my hummus. Are you going okay, so to? I, I did say it. And so this is, you can see, this is, this was our newsletter from the first one. Okay. Um, you can't read it, obviously, but I, we included hummus and I said, I'm going to include every hummus every month, no matter what, because it's hummus and it's our hummus. So, you know, that's just expect that everything else will be different, but I, 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 it's, I use my neighbors as an example because I'm always making food and I'm sharing with my neighbors and it's kind of like you becoming my neighbor. You get to have a Lebanese breakfast of lebne and za'atar and olives and, you know, when you come to my house or, so it's just kind of the things that you would get in a Lebanese home that you wouldn't necessarily get in a restaurant. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of things imported from Lebanon. We have our olive oil. So they'll get, they're getting provisions as well. They got a bottle of Lebanese to run an olive oil from a small farm in Lebanon that we're working with. They mm -hmm. got Zata. So besides just ready food to eat, they're going to have some stuff to keep and use in their homes um, to cook with. I love that. That's such a, a that's a, a, an additional offering, right? So it really, uh, it's really an incredible gift, I think, to give somebody something. They got little sesame um, candies. They got, you know, just little things to, to make it fun. And then we do have the wine. You can either add 
Lebanese wine is amazing. It mm -hmm. keeps growing. There's 52 wineries in this little country right now. And um, so you can add a bottle to your, your subscription, or we actually have a wine club of two, four, or six bottles that um, you can also purchase separately or together. And that's also through the subscription, right? Oh, like it's, never, it's, it's two different subscriptions. Yes. And then okay. you get, you know, you'll, this is, these were the two wines for this month. And they got a little description what to eat it with and kind of, so it's the education part that I really am enjoying. But yes, it's, it's a lot of pressure each month. Um, so we survived the first one. I'm already starting to think about the second one. Okay, great. All right, we're gonna come back to you, Grace. All right, I'm gonna go over to Antonio at Stellina. Hi, Antonio, how are you? Hey, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you very much. Good, and so, um, as I said to you off air, um, a little different from what Grace and Rob have done is that you guys already had a lot in place, right? Because I was already getting your pasta kits uh, pre-pandemic um, and you guys were already like thinking like takeaway, you already had a huge takeaway because pizza. Um, so yeah. as the pandemic came in, I mean, not only did you open up another location during the pandemic, right? Um, yeah. You had these other, other these other things happening. So, how did you sort of take what you were already doing and sort of, you know, uh, make them work for uh, the pandemic? And then, when you talk with somebody like Sam, sort of see how you can grow it. Yeah. So, when the pandemic started in March, we were, uh, you know, we our takeout was already good. Was not as high as it is now mm -hmm. uh we probably were like around 70 30 in terms of revenue take out then in mm -hmm. uh while you know in 2020 we did uh, we stay closed indoor for the whole year so we only did take out to protect our staff to protect ourselves so we stay closed for in dining just the, for the entire year of 2020 uh but we left the patio open so we were still operating but just doing outdoor dining i was gonna say i ate on that patio yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, yes, you did. <laughs> it was a beautiful it's delicious. Day. It was so yummy. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Yes, no, it was great. And the patio up us out during all this pandemic. And, you know, having that, we start to be more creative, start to say, okay, how can the, the, the concept behind is always, if people cannot get inside our restaurant, so they cannot feel us because it's about feeling. It's not just about coming, spending money. It's about the feeling, the experience. So we decided to say, okay, now we need to give guests, if they cannot come in, they're going to have our experience at home. So take Selena, deliver Selena to their table. Um, so we start creating packaging. We also invested in, on a vending machine. So the vending machine was kind of like, you know, people coming and buying stuff on the vending machine. Everything was pre-packed, you know, already uh, and was doing great, uh, still doing great. Um, and then, you know, with Matteo, my partner, you know, with the chef, we sit down and start to do, okay, let's create whatever we have on the menu and create box and packaging so people can experience that at home and it was uh you know it's been fun and then sam came on and uh, actually i think it's uh, uh believe it or not for us it's a tool that uh help us in being more organized meaning as you said before we are short on stuff right so we had a lot of our requests in these boxes and these uh provisions already people want to help us out through the pandemic so we have people buying you know bunch of wine just to help us out say you know we want selena to still be there so you know we want a pizza box pasta box so at one point it was was good it was great 
but because of the shortage of staffing, it was very hard to keep maintaining, you know, the organization behind. Mm-hmm. Um, so, board and actually is a tool for us because you know people buy through their uh, system and they just send us a spreadsheet with all the information, so the people what they like, uh, and then you know yes, it's still hard to. Uh, you know, package everything. By the end of the day, you have a spreadsheet in front of you and you just say, okay, uh, you know, Tom, you know, two casual paper kits or uh, two pasta kits or two pizza kits or three bottles of wine. You follow the spreadsheet and you organize. And then, you know, we did the first one today and uh, it went out at 11 o'clock this morning. And, you know, actually it was very smooth. I think Sam got it. I think Sam, that's who knocked on his door. (laughs) Yeah, probably did, yes. I I wish. (laughs) But, you know, Antonio, I think you bring up a good point. So one of the things that Table 22 is is, um, actually um, taking off of your plate is the tech part, right? So like, you don't have to worry and you don't have, there's no customer service, I guess is my point, right? That's on them? Yes, it's uh, it's on them. So what we do that our stress, our passion, our time is focusing on making sure that the box is perfect for them to pick it up. That's the only thing we got. We don't need to stress about, oh, you know, I didn't reply to this person. I didn't send him a text to say that the package was ready or, or maybe speak up, check out, delivering. So they take care of that side that for us is great. So the only thing that we are, not the only thing, but the thing that we take care of it is that, the, you know, put things together uh, fill up the box full of our passion, our love, and make sure that they're able to their house. And uh, hopefully they're going to have a great time tonight or tomorrow because Matteo was spending, uh, you know, spend the whole morning putting all this box together. So. so now what was in this month's box and like, how will you, how will you take what you were already doing and sort of kick it up a notch for future boxes? Yeah. So, um, we do have this month, we, uh, focus on pasta kit and pizza kit. So people were able to buy a two different pasta kits. Uh, so we had different sauces, uh, with two different, uh, homemade. One was an homemade fresh pasta. The other one was a dry pasta imported from Gragnano, uh, Italy. And then we had, you know, the Parmesan cheese, all the instruction how to cook it. And then they had to have the option of uh, um, the pizza kit. So the pizza kit, we had two options. You have the cashew pepper and the margarita yeah. with all the, they can, you know, the structure to make everything. And then they could option for um, uh, wine as well. So we had a lot of people actually. And I still, I still believe that a lot of people is because I think this pandemic actually made guests and business more tied together. You know, like people wanted to, but it's not like okay now everything is fine together i, will, I go to this bar tomorrow i go to the other bar people say okay we love i don't know selena we love uh, another restaurant they stay they try to help so and also with this package with this uh, new option that we have i feel like people are still wanted to help us out say okay i get the pasta kit i get the pizza kit but let me add on some wine let me add on you know a couple other things and also we did uh fill it up with uh, a couple of hours um different uh, cookies that Matteo made, um, mm-hmm. olive oil uh, from Italy, uh, balsamic vinegar. Um, so just to pump it out the box a little bit more so people can get a bit more excited about it. Well, I think that makes sense, right? Because, you know, yours is a little bit more cooking focused yep. as opposed to like Rob's, which is a little more 
set. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like there's a real difference in all the subscriptions and how you're all putting them out. So Sam, I want to kind of roll back to you for a second. So with all these different offerings, and since you're in so many different cities, are you looking for people like in DC? We only order from DC. How, how does it work? Yeah, so um, most of our subscriptions are primarily local pickup and local delivery. One of the things that we do for our restaurant partners is manage the local logistics so that as kind of Antonio described uh, and others, you know, they're able to kind of focus on the box, make it fantastic, and then we show up and, you know, worry about getting it into the hands of the fans uh, in great condition. And so, uh, you know, shipping is something that some of our partners are doing in uh, other areas. Uh, it's only a few partners and we're kind of testing it uh, and trying to learn more about it. And it definitely has its own set of complexity and challenges and particularly with perishable food. So today what we really focus on is helping restaurants kind of cultivate and strengthen those relationships with, you know, their, their most valuable local guests and, and customers and really turn kind of good guests into great ones and, and fans into fanatics. And so that's really where we're oriented in terms of local. And so, you know, some of our programs in DC are coming into uh, Arlington or coming into Alexandria. Maybe they're coming into, uh, you know, kind of the near Maryland suburbs in some instances. So we are trying to help kind of uh, locally expand reach as well. Well, so to that point, when we talk about subscriptions, so we have three great, well, more than three, because there's the pizza, there's the pasta, there's the wine, there's, I mean, there's so many different kinds just here on today's show. So sure. how, how is the subscription based? Is it, I want Lebanese Taverna and I want to get that every month, or can I be like, yeah. I would like to buy a table 22 <clears throat> subscription and get one from every restaurant, you know, every other month or something like that. It, how does that work? Yeah. So today, uh, kind of consumers come onto the platform and they're able to use Table 22 to subscribe directly to the individual restaurants that we partner with. So they subscribe directly to Stelina and they're kind of going on this journey in an ongoing way with Stelina or Fed Pig or, you know, uh, Lebanese Taverna. And so it's less about kind of rotation and variety and discovery today and more about going on these kind of individual journeys with amazing local chefs and, you know, uh, business owners. Um, over time, you know, that's something that we might be interested to explore, but today we're really focused on helping kind of engender those ongoing relationships between patrons and their favorite local spot. And are we talking like three, six, nine? What's the subscription base like? Most of our programs are kind of a month to month indefinite subscription, which folks can cancel anytime. One of the things that we've learned is that the experiences are really great and people retain for quite a long time in them. And so what we try to do is kind of depressurize giving it a try. And then, you know, most people who give it a try end up sticking around. Come back to it. Okay, great. All right. Well, everybody, I, the show goes by so fast. I want to thank you so much for joining me. Rob, let's start with you. Can you please tell us where we can find you online and on um, Instagram, please? So uh, look out for us on federalistpig.com or federalistpig is our Instagram handle. Great, excellent. And uh, Grace, where can we find you online and on Instagram, please? Yes, lebanesaverna.com and uh, as well on Instagram. And part of the um, new thing is on the market, we have online ordering now for the groceries, which has been huge. So the okay. market is online too, yeah. Great, okay. And Antonio, where can we find you? Yes, you can find us at and on Instagram, Stelina Pizzeria. 
Okay, and your properties are both one in DC and one in Virginia, right? Yes, we have one in Union Market area, Norma area, one in Shillington, Arlington, and uh, soon uh, in January, uh, K Street, yes. Okay, great. All right, and Sam, can you please tell everybody where they can go to get to Table 22? Yeah, so we're table22.com. Uh, our Instagram is at our, O-U-R, uh, Table 22. Mm -hmm. And if you come on our site, you can explore partners and all of these folks are, uh, are listed. I'm so appreciative of everybody joining us today. I think I gave you an incredible amount of ideas for gift giving for the holiday. And you can do this all last minute because um, you just go online, click a couple buttons and there you go. I love the idea of the subscription because I think it's a great gift that keeps on giving. So maybe you buy three months worth or maybe you buy six months worth or whatever it is. And there's so many great people in the DC metro area who are offering this now through table 22. Um, I didn't say this uh earlier when sam was on but i mean they have made such inroads in the dc market which is really exciting um i want to thank all of you for joining me today um check out enchanted botanicals i love what deb is doing she's so much fun and it's it is really um important to think about what she said today when we talk about intentions uh this is my last show of 2021 and i can't thank you all enough for uh joining me every week on this journey as we talk about um, not just the DC food, wine, and hospitality scene, but really what's been happening nationally and internationally as we deal with this pandemic. Um, I want to wish all of you a very healthy and uh, safe holiday season, hopefully with your family or loved ones or both, and uh, wishing you a healthy and happy and successful new year. When I come back in 2022, it's just going to keep getting better. Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Real Fun DC.